The Chukut Tzitzich is Chelik Yudal, the Parshas Dvarm. We're starting a new Sefer today, so this is very exciting. And just to give a quick Hagdama about the Sicha, it's actually on the first Pasuk of this par- uh, Parsha, and also on the Rashi's on that first Pasuk. So the Parsha starts off with, Eilah HaDvarm Asher Dibar Moishel B'nei Yisrael B'midbar Barova, etc. So the question that the Rashi has is, as the Meforshim explain is, it says that these are the things that Moshe Rabbeinu speaks, and then it gives you the places in the midbar, Barab, the exact location, but it never actually tells you what he said. Rather, it goes through a few psuk and giving some introduction and telling you where he was, and then in Pasuk it starts with a new uh, topic, Moshe Rabbeinu started to explain the Torah. So the question that Rashi has is, it says Moshe Rabbeinu is saying something, but it doesn't actually tell you what he said it in this location. Also, the words Eilah Hadvarim is very strange. Usually, when Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to the Bnei Yisrael, he would always say, "V'Daber Moshe Bnei Yisrael." Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the Jewish people. What, what's Eilah Hadvarim? It's not a common expression. So, therefore, Rashi says that what's happening over here is Moshe is giving them rebuke, and therefore he uses this expression Eilah Hadvarim. Eilah Hadvarim is always a Davar is always a word of rebuke. Like we see, Divri Yirmiyahu, Divri Yeshaya. Whenever there's words of rebuke, the word Davar is used. It means something hard. Um, so therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu uses the words Eilahadvarm he, because he's going to give rebuke to the Jewish people. He's going to give them Toichacha. But he wants to give it only Beremis. He wants to hint that it's Toichacha. He doesn't want to say it clearly. The reasoning is because since he's going to be mentioning many Averis that the Bnei Yisrael did, during the 40 years that they were in the desert. He doesn't want to embarrass them by saying so many Averis and go into details of all the Averis they did in all these places. Especially since this is the beginning of a new Sefer. We never want to start a new Sefer with the Gunus of the Bnei Yisrael. So therefore, what it does is it says a Baramis. So this is what Rashi's explained to us. Eilahadvarm, these are the words of rebuke that Moshe Rabbeinu said, but he said a Baramis. And then it goes through all, and therefore all the places that Moshe Rabbeinu is mentioning is really a hint to something wrong that they did in that particular place. And then at the end, this is the Rashi that we're going to explain, the last Rashi in this Pasuk, it says, and we're going to start inside, read inside, and we'll read what Rashi explains about the last um, words of the Pasuk and how Rashi explains what the Teichacha was. On the beginning of this week's parsha, these are the words, these are the words of rebuke that Moshe Rabbeinu said to B'nai Yisrael. V'dizav. B'farsh Rashi, what does V'dizav mean? V'dizav literally means too much, like die, too much gold. Meaning is that he was rebuking them about the eagle that they made because they had too much gold. As it says, uh, as, it's, uh, as it says in the Pasuk in Hesheya, that Hesheya is rebuking the Bnei Yisrael. And he says to them, I gave you silver and gold. I gave you plenty of it. And instead of um, coming to love me, love Hashem more, on the contrary, Asulubal, you used all this gold and silver to decorate the Baal, to decorate the Avodazar. So Hashem is very upset. I take care of you. And instead of being faithful to, faithful to me, rather you're, you go after the uh, Baal. And, and Hashem actually gives the entire mashal how, of, of, of a husband and a wife, that the husband takes care of the wife. And because the hus- all the things that the husband takes care of the wife with, the wife uses those uh, items to uh, go astray and to go, go after her lovers. So that's the Rashi. So... So the question the Rebbe is asking is, the first Rashi in the parasha, right, he says, why does Moshe Rabbeinu mention all these places? It's to give them rebuke, in a way of a hint. So the question is, why does Rashi need to explain Bidizav? He's giving them Toichacha. Skip out the word Haychechem. Just say Bidizav. What's that referring to? That's the, the eagle that they made because they had too much gold. Right? Why does it say that he's giving rebuke? You know that. Rashi already said that right at the beginning, the first of our mosque. He says, why, what are all these things mentioned? Moshe Rabbeinu is rebuking the Jewish people, Beremis. So why does he have to say it a second time? 
So Nira Shatami who Nishadiz of Ene Nikla Ba Makimis Hamanu Hamanu Bapasik. Kimashma the Rashi Shaini Shemak. So the Rebbe's answer is, because, what Rashi's answer really is, is because Dizov, according to Rashi, is not a place. The other areas mentioned in the Pasuk, Midbar, Barava, those are actually places where the Bnei Yisrael did an Avera. And by mentioning that place, you'll remember, oh, that's the Avera they did in that particular place. But Dizov is different. Because Dizov is not a name, it's not a name of a place. And in the later in the Sicha, the Rebbe will prove how Rashi knows uh, that it wasn't a place. So therefore, since it's not a place, Rashi has to come and explain. Oh, so what's Dizov? It's not a place. So what's, what, why is that in the Pasuk? Therefore, he says, you're right, Dizov is not a place. But the words themselves, Dizov, mean Dizov, there's too much gold. And it's also a hint regarding the eagle that they made because they had too much gold. Therefore, Rashi says again that this is an Indian of Teichacha because he wants this to be very clear and express that over here, even though it's not a Mokim, it's not an actual place where they didn't avail, nonetheless, the reason why the Pasuk's mentioning this place, mentioning these words, is also a hint. That these words themselves mean the Avera that they did. It's a hint on the Avera that they did. And the proof of this is that in the previous Devil one of the other places uh, that are mentioned is Ben Teufel Velovin. So Rashi says, Ben Teufel Velovin, uh, <clears throat> there's no such place. Right? He, you could look at the Rashi, he says, there's no such place that's called Teufel Velovin. Chazan Ral we go through all the Psukim of the Torah, you'll never find the place that's called Teufel Velovin. Ali says, what does Teufel Velovin mean? Teufel means to complain and uh, to say bad things about something. And what were the bad things that the Jewish people said? They said something bad about Lovin, the man which is, was white. So Rashi already had said this type of idea already in the previous boss, in previous Diver Maschal. And that's why also in the previous Diver Maschal, it also says those words, Why did he have to repeat again that it was Haychacha? Because it's not a Makim. It's an idea that take the words Teifu Lovin, and it's about the words that they said against the idea of the Iman, which was white. So So why does Rashi, what's being machrich Rashi to say Dizahav is not a place, rather it's an idea. So The simple answer is because we don't find in the Torah any place that's called Dizahav. Since we never find a place that's called Dizahav, obviously it must mean it's an idea. That's one reason. And this is also a continuation. It's a continuation Rashi just said in the previous Tifa Maskal that we went through all the Psukim, we never found a place that's called Teufel or Lavin. Ella, rather, it's an idea. It's the same thing over here. Since we never find a place that's called Dizav, it must be that Dizav is an idea expressing what the Avera was. So that's reading Rashi Pashib Shat. Now we're going to have two questions that the Rebbe is going to ask, and we're going to understand the Rashi in a much uh, deeper uh, and comprehensive way. Question one. So the question is, why doesn't Rashi want to say Dizav is a place that's called Dizav? And even though um, and why would it be called Dizahav? It's because of the Avera that they did. Called, we, they called a certain place that might have had a different name earlier, but Moshe Rabbeinu and the Bnei Yisrael started calling it Dizahav because of the too much gold that they had, and because of that gold that they had, that caused them eventually to sin and do the Chet Egel. Right? And we see many times in the Torah that a place is called by the event that happened in that place, like we have by the Meraglim. We, we call it uh, Eshkol. Right, they called the play Nachal Eshkel. Why did they call it Nachal Eshkel? Because they brought a uh, the grapes. So they called that place Nachal, regarding the whole thing that happened with Nachal Eshkel, so they called that area the place of the grapes, the cluster of grapes. 
uh, by uh, another place. They call it Meiberiva. Why do they call it the waters of, uh, of Meriba fighting? It's because that's when Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock and caused the, this contention um, by hitting the rock. So they called it Meiberiva. So we see that the Torah calls a place uh, by a certain idea because of what happened. So I we don't find anywhere else in the Torah it's called by this name. But we have many examples where a place is only mentioned once. So this is the one time this place is mentioned, the Zahav. It wasn't mentioned earlier, big deal. This is the place that it's mentioned. And I wasn't mentioned by the last week's Parshas, Parshas Masse, where it goes through all the journeys of the Bnei Yisrael and doesn't mention Dizav, Teifel, and the reason uh, does mention Dizav. So the reasoning is because sometimes a place could have more than one name. So in Parshas Masse, it was called maybe by its original name, and now when he's giving the Teichachah, he's calling it by the new name that it has, which has to do with the event that occurred in that place. And we see this is actually how many Mephorshim learn it. I just mentioned to you that shot that I just gave was from the Ibn Ezra. So why can't Rashi also go with that uh, shot? Um, but this is not the same thing with Taif of Olavin. Taif of Olavin, we won't have, we, don't, we can't ask on Rashi, Rashi, why are you saying Taif of Olavin is an idea? Um, why don't you say it's a place? Because Taif of Olavin actually makes a lot of sense that it's not a makam, it's not a name of a place, rather it's an idea. That has to be. Why? Rabbi mentions a very important rule about when, how the Torah names places. He says the Torah will only name a place because of one of three reasons. Right? One, because of a certain pu'ula, a certain act or event that happened in that place. Like Nachal Ashkol, a certain event happened, they brought something there, um, or maybe, maybe Reba, right? They had contention, they were fighting. Or because the item that the Pu'ula was done, maybe that's actually a better example, um, or, or, or the, the item which was used to cause that thing to happen, like Nachal Ashkol was the grapes, what the Vera was done with, because they were complaining about Eretz Yisrael with the grapes. Or, if you, it's not because of any of those other reasons, it could be the cause what made them sin. So the Torah will give a place a name either because of an event that happened there or because of the item that the event occurred with, like the grapes, or because that was the cause of a certain, uh, a certain event happened because of this particular siva, something happened, uh, the cause of the eventual uh, event that happened. He says, but regarding the man, the man has nothing. Why would you call the place Lavin or Teufel because of the man? If you want to call it because of something that like they complained about the man. So if it's about the actual event, the complaining, then calling it by some type of uh, the complaining of the man. It should have called it man, basically. And then we go, no, it's, oh, because that's the place where they complained about it. But calling it white, white doesn't really express, uh, it's, it's, it's a side aspect of the man. The main aspect of the man was not that it was white, but rather the reason why the Bnei Yisrael complained about the man is because they said it's lechem hakloikil, it's a cursed bread. As Rashi explains, it's because when you eat the man, it would become completely absorbed and they wouldn't need to go to the bathroom afterwards. So they said, oh, this, this doesn't make sense. When you eat something, eventually you have to go to the bathroom. So obviously we're having some type of, uh, some type of uh, digestion issues and eventually it's going to kill us. So what was their complaint? Their complaint was that the man becomes completely digested and we don't actually have any excrement that comes from it. And therefore, eventually we're going to die because of this. It's not good food. So the cause of their complaining was because of this aspect of the man. So either you call it man because that's the item that happened with, or call it, call it something that has to do with shilshul going to the bathroom. Um, or you can call it because that it's being absorbed into the body, which is the seba. But, but, but calling it white doesn't actually tell you anything about, um, about really the, of, of what, why it happened. And even regarding the man itself, it's only a side description of the man. It's not even the main description of the man. So therefore, loving cannot be the name of the place. And 
And this, the, the what about Teufel, which means complaining? He says, you can't call it Teufel complaining because every Avera that the Bnei Yisrael did in the Midbar is all that they were complaining about something. They're complaining that we should have died, and we, should have been, we shouldn't have left Mitzrayim, they're complaining about that they were thirsty, they're complaining about that they didn't have meat. It was always Teufel, it was always complaining about something. So you can't call it Teufel because that's not really describing what happened. Therefore, it makes sense that is not the name because they complained about the man, which is white, because that's a really a side aspect. They wouldn't have called the place Lavan because of what happened. But why is it called Teufel Lavan? It's called Teufel Lavan because they were complaining about the man, which was white. So to say that Moshe Rabbeinu was hinting by calling it Lavan, he's saying, oh, Lavan, Teufel the Lavan. So he's giving a hint, he's giving them rebuke. So he gives them a hint about what they're rebuking them about. I'm rebuking you about the complaints that you made about this thing was white. So he's just hinting to them something. So that makes sense. So they're giving a little hint. Oh, it's white, something about white. I'm complaining. So that could be about the man. But, but the Torah doesn't call a place by a hint. Oh, I'm going to call, the Torah's going to call Lavan to hint to you that this and this happened. All the other places where the Torah gives a name, it's very clear the connection. It's because of the pu'ula, something that happened, it's very clear. Here, it doesn't call a place by a hint. Teicha, on the contrary, since Hashem is worried about the COVID, Moshe Rabbein was worried about the COVID of Ibn Yisrael, as we said, therefore he did it in a way of a hint. Look at R9. He says, if you say it's just a hint, then you could hint in your rebuke about a side point. On the contrary, um, the reason why he did it was because he was worried about the covet of the Bnei Yisrael. Back in the Pnim, but regarding Dizav, though, Dizav means it's too much gold. As Rashi said, they sinned because they had too much gold. So that actually is telling you the cause of why they sinned. So we call the place Dizav because the reason why they eventually did the Egel Azav there was because they had too much gold. So that would have been really good to call it by that place. That's the first question. Second question is, So Moshe Rabbein was trying to save the Bnei Yisrael, and he's giving a defense uh, to, uh, to Hashem, why he should not punish the Bnei Yisrael for doing the Chet Um So he says to them, you made for them, uh, 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 and they made for themselves a, 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 a god of gold. So Pirish Rashi, he says, He says, what's the defense? Rashi explains. You made for them, uh, they made for themselves a golden God. He says, because you're the one that caused them to sin. Because you gave them so much gold and all their needs and all their desires, what are they going to do? So, of course, they have so much gold, they're going to start using it for the wrong uh, purpose. There's an expression of Gemara, Gemara. Uh, so the, the means is it's not the mouse that steals, it's the hole that steals. Meaning if you give opportunities for people to do the wrong thing, you're, you're putting them in a situation where you're enticing them basically to do a sin. Don't give them opportunities, you know, don't hold the cheese in front of the mouse and then hope it won't go through the hole to chop it. Don't put them in that situation. So it's really your fault that you gave them so much gold. Then what do you think they're going to do? They're coming from Mitzrayim. They basically were doing idol worship for so many years. And all of a sudden you give them all this great gold and silver and they know what is gold and silver used for. It's used for making go- uh, for idols. And now they can have the fanciest idols that they always wanted all the years that they were in Shrine. They were so jealous of the Egyptians that had these beautiful idols. And now you give them so much gold and silver, of course. Like, what do you think they're going to do? They got to keep up with the Jones. Um, so the question is, in our part, Rashi brings a proof that it was because of the too much gold that they had. Right? It says, um, So why in Parshish Kisisa, where Rashi brings this idea for the first time, he doesn't bring that part, uh, this riot. If you need a proof to show that they had too much gold, so bring the Raya also in the first place. Why only over here, when, uh, when Moshe Rabbein is rebuking the Jewish people, does he bring this proof? So base, Habir Bazan. 
So the Rebbe is going to explain, we're going to start off with the second question. What's the difference between the Rashi in our Parsha and the Rashi in Parsha Kasisa? Why over here he brings a proof and over there not? And we're basically, you have to look at the context. What's the purpose? Uh, what, what's going on in that Parsha? And we also have to understand what's going on in our Parsha. And by understanding the context, then you can see how Rashi is explaining each part and why one place would need a proof and one place not. Ha-hekretcha Rashi l'prushi Parsha Kasisa muvanu. He says, the Chumash over there is very, very, uh, it's a very strong question. Moshe Rabbeinu starts with Hagdama. They did a very great sin, the Jewish people, and they made a golden god. And that's, and then he, and that's a reason for what he says in the next Pasuk. And now, forgive them, Hashem. That, that's, that's your, like, limit on the Jewish people. Hashem, they did it a massive uh, Avera. They made these golden Zav. And now, because they did such a great Avera, you should forgive them. How is that a limit It doesn't make any sense. That's not a limit So, how is that steril This is a contradiction to the request for, for, for forgiveness. So, I'll... He says, this is the Hekrach of Rashi to say that why is Moshe mentioning Elekezov? He says they did a great sin. Because they talk it did. That he cannot take away. They talk it did of Vaidazar, and that Moshe Rabbeinu is not arguing about what happened. He says they talk it did a great sin. But he says, what's the Limitzchus? The Limitzchus is being hinted to in the word Elekezov, the made golden uh, gods. So he's saying is, it's, it's by mentioning those words, Elekezov, he's trying to actually be mocked and to say that they're. Uh, participation in the Avera was actually much less. So it was Taka Bixin, but their participation, their connection to it actually wasn't so strong. Meaning is, he's saying, why did they do a sin? It's not something that they naturally, if they would have been, uh, they naturally would have done. Meaning is, if they would have just lived their lives as they were living it until that point, um, they wouldn't have done the Avera. Right? They would have continued serving Hashem. But why did they talk to the Avera? It's because you gave them so much gold and silver. Because you gave them gold and silver, this was, in a sense, was Ma'ir, this awakened within them the desire to start making these golden gods, this golden Avaydazara. So that's the limit. He says their connection was not something which was how they would have been on their own. Their connection to the Avera only happened because an external force, meaning is that Hashem, you gave them all this gold and silver, so that that awakened within them a desire that they wouldn't have had on their own. So you're the one that caused it. So therefore, they did a chata but there's a limit to you shouldn't completely destroy them. Because naturally they wouldn't have done that if they were in an environment that would have basically um, helped them do the right thing. And that's, that's, the, that's the limit to So now we can understand they chata but it's Elekezov. That's why he mentions the word Elekezov. And as, as the Mephorshim also explained over there, um, uh, another issue that Rashi had is, why does it even mention that it was gold? What, like, Blainov Gemina should have said they did a great sin, that they made gods. Yasu Elekim. Uh, especially that's how it's always mentioned. When it talks about not making God, not making a Vodazor, it always just says Elekim. So why we here does it say Elekezov? Like, what's the difference that it's gold? So that's another reason he's saying the Zav is actually the limit to us. It's a, why was it a golden god? It was a golden god, Dafka. Meaning as if they didn't have gold, they wouldn't have made a wooden god. Not interested. It was because Dafka that they had gold. So it was a limit to us. So this is Now we can understand the great difference between the Toichen of our Parsh and Parsh Kasisa. Parsh Kasisa, he's trying to learn a limit for the Bnei Yisrael. So he's not going to bring the Pasik that I gave you gold and silver, and the gold and silver that I gave you as a gift, instead of using it to serve me, you go 
and give it to the Baal, which shows on, uh, you know, it's Magdal the Chet, it shows, shows on, the, expresses the chitz, chut, the great chutzpah they had. Hashem gives you a gift and you use it to rebel against them. The greatest chutzpah there is. So in that parsha's the Vorm, that makes sense that, being, that Rashi would bring that pasuk because it's trying to express what the, trying to explain really what the Teichacha was. But in Parshik Sisa, he wasn't trying to rebuke the Jewish people. He was trying to mlam So why would he bring the Pasek to, in a sense, express the chutzpah of what happened? Rather, he's going at a different angle. He's saying that the gold that they had is also a because you gave them so much gold, therefore they did the wrong thing. Right? So it's interesting. With the same gold uh, that they had, uh, the, you're able to use it in two different ways. When it's rebuke, the, uh, it, gold. Hashem gave you gold, and you, instead of saying thank you, you use it to abuse him. But on the other hand, you go to Hashem and says, you gave them gold, you put them in a situation that they weren't prepared for, they weren't prepared for such an assignment, and therefore they did the wrong thing. So it's being used in both places in a different context. When it's talking to Hashem, it's eschus. When it's talking to the B'nai Yisrael, it's a rebuke. That I gave them much gold and silver, and they gave, and they made it for the Baal. He says, because this pasuk is stressing the gold and the zav that Hashem gave them. Not just the regular that they, they were given. Meaning, if it was just because they had so much gold and silver and that's what caused them to do the Avera, fine. Then it could have been used even in the earlier Parsha. But over here, it's stressing that Hashem gave it to them. And especially in the context, in Hashem, it's talking about, I gave you something and then you use it for the Baal. It was trying to show the chutzpah. Therefore, of course, it would not be used there. But in our situation, it would. Because this expresses more the great chit that they did. And look at our 16. He says, He says, in our situation, it's not just, you know, everything that a, a Yid has comes from Hashem. As the Pasuk says, the gold and silver is mine. Uh, right? So he's saying, oh, whenever a Yid has anything, even nowadays, it's, oh, it's all because of Hashem. Hashem gave it to him as a gift. But over there, it's even much more because it was begiloy that Hashem was the one that gave them the gold and silver. It was clear, not it wasn't even melubish v'tava. Come a force like it says clearly. Because as we know that Moshe Rabbeinu gave them the command that Hashem wants you, he tells them Hashem's command that you're supposed to go and borrow from the Egyptians the golden kalim and the, and the, and the silver kalim. And it says that they found Chain in the eyes of them and they gave them all their gold and silver. And then eventually when they had got the Kriyas Yamsu, they had the Biza Sayam, the spoils that they were able to accumulate from all the, uh, the Egyptians that were killed there. So it was very clear that through these miracles and through the command of Hashem, that's why they had a lot of gold and silver. So Hashem's commanding you to take it and then you use it against them. That's a chutzpah. Our to rebuke them. It does make sense. So now moving. He says, according to what we just explained, um, that the gold, that the, the gold was in a sense making the sin greater, that they did avoid the czar, but not only did they do the chet of avoid the czar, they did it with the gold that Hashem gave them. According to this, now we can understand why you can't say dizahav is called because they had too much gold. Because as we just explained, the, the, the idea that they had too much gold was not the main avera. The main, that, that, the main avera is that they did a Vaidazar. The saying that they had gold was giving an extra stress to the avera, the chutzpah of the avera. So the main avera was the eagle. If it was with silver or whatever it was, it doesn't really matter. The main avera was that they did a Vaidazar. But that this, that they used gold that Hashem gave them as a gift to go against them, that was a chutzpah. That was like an additional avera. That was a chumr to the avera. Therefore, you wouldn't have called it the zahav about a prat, as we mentioned earlier. You never call a place in the Torah about a detail of what happened. You, you, you would mention the main event. Um, 
So Alpia Nal Hare Hain Lufi had Gosh Parsha Sinu Shoroiv Zav Union Shalai Safar Bachemachet. Both according to our parsha that the stress in our parsha that it was a lot of gold is to express the chaymer of the chet. And also according to parsha kasisa, the idea that it was too much gold was actually a reason to be maktin that it was wasn't such a great affair. So having too much gold was either limitzchus or tateichacha. But hadizav who prats dodi boyfani shalachet a gerem hamseayeya baachet abloy etzem siba sachet shar siba hamitas hayezush amar kasa biyara am kiboishasam. He says the real reason why they did that affair is because Moshe Rabbeinu came down late, as it says klor in the pasuk. When they saw Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't coming down, they got scared. They said, "Oh, Moshe Rabbeinu died. Who's going to lead us? We need to have now like a zav to lead us." That was the main reason why they did an avera. That's klor in the pasuk. This if they had too much zav. This was either something that caused them to do an avera, like an army uh, uh, caused them, and that's a limut schus. Or it's something that expresses how they did that vera that they used, the Shem's gold that they gave them to do the vera. So it's either, again, to make the vera bigger or smaller, but that's not the main reason why they did it. So you can't even say, why is it called these up? Because the reason why they did the vera is because they had too much gold. That's not true. The reason why they did the vera was because Moshe's Moshe, because Moshe came late. Um came late, Therefore, it, we cannot say that it's being called about a detail uh, of the Avera, whether because the detail while it's worse or detail while it's uh, uh, it's more light. Um, and it's not about the Chet itself. The Chet itself was the, was the Eagle, was the Avedi Zara. It wasn't actually that it was gold. The main thing was that it was an eagle that was an Abayi Zara, and it's not even the main cause of it. And it's fine. Dalit. I will adain any musbar lashon Rashi. Al pianal havali the Rashi lichtoi vaychichem ala eagle shasu biroiv hazav kitz b'shoilahem. Lashon hamishtamea shaper shoisev roiv hazav shoilahem makadosh baruch hu b'menu asu as eagle. He says according to what we just said, Rashi should have had a little bit of a different lashon. Our Lashon Rash is that he was mechiyach them because of the eagle that they made because they had a lot, had a lot of gold. Um, it shouldn't have said that because it's the reason why they did Avera is not because they had a lot, lot of gold, as we just said. The reason why they did the Avera is because Boishas Moshe, Moshe came down. So why does it say Bishvil? What should have it said? It should have been mechiyach them on the eagle that was done with the 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 the, the roiv hazav that they had with the roiv hazav that they had that would a hint, be a hint about the eagle and b also express the choimer of the chet and therefore give, be a stronger rebuke for the Jewish people. But saying bishvil is it seems like it's actually incorrect. Why would he why would he mention that? So lama nakir Rashi bishvil roiv hazav loshen hamadgish shahayadizahav hayakein sibas chet. He says, um, why would he mention Bishpil, which is expressing the reasoning of the Chet, which, which is not. And especially all that it's telling us is, it's actually explaining to us that in our Kavana, Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to say the Chaymer Chet, but by saying that they sinned because they had too much gold, that's in a sense actually telling us, oh, they had too much gold, that's why they did a ver, that's a limit schus. So why would Rashi use a lashon bishpil that not only is giving the incorrect siba what caused them to do the avera, but more than that, it's actually being a limit schus on them that they since they had too much gold, therefore they did the wrong thing. So Abir Bazal Pi Khelika Ramaz, Bahayena Shaltera Shim Pirish Rashi. So the explanation is I'll be the Khelika Ramaz and the Yayin of of of, of Tyra, which is in Rashi. But Purusha Apostle Zem Matin Rashi of Aimer. Says Rashi is Matin uh earlier on this Pasik that he mentions the Averis Baramis because of the Kovid of Bene Sra. Vyesh Lama Shakvanas Rashi he dikshem shipne kovidin shall isra. So the just like Moshe Rabbeinu uh, hid and did not say the various beferish clearly, because uh, when uh, even though his kavan was to rebuke them, he said in a way of hint in order to give them honor. He says this is also the same reason. 
just like he's trying to give them honor by hinting it, he's also trying to show them respect by giving, by putting the limutzchus within the rebuke. By saying within the lim- in the rebuke itself, it wasn't so shy to Bnei Yisrael. It's because they had too much. The reason why they did it wasn't because of Boishas Moshe. Now, that wasn't the main reason. He's giving them a limit is because they had too much gold. So he's giving the limit as the main cause of why uh, they did something wrong. So this is beautiful. In Rashi, in the words, Bishpil, uh, Azov, Shahayalahem, he's expressing two ideas. On one hand, he's expressing um, that because they, Hashem gave them too much gold, uh, sorry, uh, because they had too much gold, uh, um, therefore, there's a limit tzchus. And on the other hand, it's because they had gold uh, that Hashem gave them, Hashem gave them so much gold, and nonetheless, they did an avera. So the Bishpil the, Shahaylahim the is expressing two points. One sense, the limit tzchus, that's why Rashi uses Dafka Balash and Bishpil. But on the other hand, Pashib Shad of Rashi, why does it say those words? It's to express also the Chaymer of the Chet. This is Therefore, use the words Bishpil specifically, even though it's not the most Maduik if you're according to the Pshute Shamikra, according to Pashuk Shan and Rashi, but he Dafkin uses a Lashon that's not as clear to Mimiramis to this Inyan. And to make it even nicer, in R14, quotes of Marsha, that this also explains the word Dizahav. Why does the Pasuk call it Dizahav? It's called Zahav if you want to hint. To the idea of the golden calf that was made with gold. It says, Dizahav means too much gold. So the word Dizahav itself is actually a remez on the Limutzchus. So this is part of the Hechrich of Rashi in Pshute Shamikra that he has to also say Bishpil. He's saying, in the Pasik itself, it tells Dizahav. So Kumtachai is that in the Pasik is trying to be Malamitzchus on the Yidden. So even though the main point of the Pasik is Teichacha, therefore it means it's trying, the Dizahav is trying to express the Chaymer but this that he uses, the word D is also trying to be a Malamet Tzchos, and it's trying to show covet the Bnei Yisrael. Hey, he may cave shem nidididat nizah Moshe bechveden shal Yisrael. Moving shekmoi benegelat dizahav beha teichacha kufa marumis halim tzchos aderk zasarchli is gam shar hateichacha shet pasik zat. He said, since in our situation, Moshe was very careful about the covet of the Yidden, so it's understood just like. Uh, he was careful by the Cheta Ego. By, first of all, he was careful by all of them to memorize them, not saying what the bear was clear. And then we see by Dizahav, he not only was he it, but he also put in a Limutzchus, so it makes a lot of sense that also in all the other Teichachas that he's giving the Miramez also has a Limutzchus. Right? And, 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 and according to what the Rebbe is going to explain now, we'll also see why the Pasuk uses specific words to express the chait. When it says midbar and arava, toif of alavan, these words, you know, why did he use these ideas or these words as a hint for the very they did? So it's not just stam as like, oh, he just gave any hint. It's very specific because these words are actually expressing um, the toichacha, the, the but at the same time, it also, by using these words, it also is a limutzchus. So Moshe had this double kavan and that's why these words were used. So it actually makes it very beautiful specifically why these words are used. So, So these, um, the, the Mitzchus is either hinted to in the Lashon of the Pasuk, like Dizahav, or it's also Lashon, uh, or Lashon Rashi, as we said, Bishpil, and we'll still see the, yeah. The Midbar, Bishpil, Mashi, Isu, Midbar, Sha'amar, Mi, Yitin, Maisein, Regaimer, it says that uh, the Bnei Yisrael, when they left Mitzrayim on the 15th of uh, Eir, uh, they reached a certain place, we're going to mention in a moment, Midbar um, Tzin, and they complained that they, uh, like, we should have died in, in, in uh, Eretz Yisrael because we don't have any uh, food, and they were complaining. And that's when Hashem gave them the man. So he says, It's interesting. He says, why are you hinting to the place by calling it Midbar? Midbar is, just means a desert. There, there was, that's a very vast area. You know, there was Midbar Sin, there was Midbar Sinai, there was uh, Midbar Paran. It, it's, it's not very clear which Midbar, which Sin, the, which Midbar that they're actually talking about. Especially, and the Pasuk says clearly which one happened. It happened by Midbar Sin. So, Allah, Shabbat Midbar Midbar Balarame Sheish Lamitzchus Al Tanasim Yitam Gamer. 
He says, because by saying just the word Midbar, it's expressing where they were. They were in a place of a Midbar. They were thirsty. There were snakes, scorpions. It's, it's a bad place to be in. And therefore, it's understood that's a very big assumption. You're in the middle of the desert. You're thirsty. You're hungry. Um, there's the sun's beating down at you. You can barely, you're schwitzing. <laughs> and and uh, you're, you're in a very bad situation. You're not thinking clearly. You're not, you're not at your best, put it that way, right? So therefore, you can't make them so guilty, uh, you know, when they're in survival mode, right? They're in like survival mode, like a schuss. There was, it was almost, I'm not going to say it was an inus, but it was like they're in a very, almost an inus, almost. They still, you know, are responsible for what they did, but Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to be Melamed that they were in a really bad situation. They were scared, they were hungry, tired, irritable, and therefore um, they made their taina. So therefore they shouldn't be as guilty. Aye, the next one. It says, Barava, which means the plain. So it says this is uh, because of the Arava, meaning that they sinned by Baalpor in the place called Shittim when they were in the plain of Moyav, which that is the Avera of Baalpor was when they were Mazana with the daughters of Moyav. And um, once they, the Rashi explains, they were Mazana with the daughters of Moyav and after they were, you know, uh, already enticed, the daughters of Moyav would take out the Vaidazara, the Baal, which, is, which is called the Pa'ar, Baal Pa'ar, and say, bow down to my Baal Pa'ar, and they also bow down. That was the Avera. He says, Arvis Mayav is a very large place. It's from Beisri Yishiman until Abel Hashitim. So it should have just said Shitim because that's where it happened. Be much more specific. Why is it Arava? which is He says, by using the word Ba'arava, which is base Kamutsa, which is uh, specific, like you have the hey Yadiyah says the, so Barav means in the, the specific Arava, the, the one that's known, like the famous Arava. So why is it famous? It's Ba'arava <laughs> Um, so it says, what's the Baharava? So Rashi explains, what is the known Arava? That's Arva's Mayav. And what's the story with Mayav? So Rashi tells us, Mayav and Amun were daughters, uh, were children of Lot. As we know that after the catastrophe of Sodom, uh, Lot ran away with his two daughters. His two daughters thought that the end of the world was what happened, and they were the only ones left. So therefore, they came up with a strategy to come upon their father, and they'll have to have children through the father, which was considered a sin, uh, which was a sin. Um, so what happened was, though, one daughter, the younger daughter, calls her child Amoy, which means my nation. But the older daughter calls it Moyav, means from my father. From my father is saying clearly what the genealogy of the child was and that they, the child was born in sin, which was considered an union of of uh, like, a, like publicizing Averis, you know, you're putting on a billboard all the Averis that you've done, that was considered a very big chil Hashem. Um, so since she wasn't careful, um, therefore Hashem permitted the Bnei Yisrael to attack them. You, they weren't allowed to fight with Moiv, they couldn't go into a war, but to harass them, they were allowed to. Masha Inkin, the Bnei Amoin, says Beschar, that she had this union of Tznias, um, therefore they were not even allowed to harass the Bnei Amoin, so they couldn't attack them, or harass them. They couldn't attack them in, in a war, but they were allowed to harass them. So when you say Barav, it automatically reminds you of, of Moyav, that they are into the union of Znus. And, and therefore they had that punishment. But um, he says, the question is, what, does it make sense to punishment? Their great, 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 great grandmother didn't aware that she didn't have to sneeze, and therefore the great, great grandchildren are being punished that the B'nai Yisrael are going to harass them. 
we have a rule that Hashem does not punish um, the children because of the sins of the fathers. Unless the children are following in the way of the father. So it must be this that the Bnei Yisrael were allowed to harass the Bnei Amoin must be because they were following in the ways of their, uh, of their mother. And they also were perutsim in the union of Znus. Um, that's why the Pasik stressing it's Barava, not known Arava. Meaning is it's Arvis Mayab. This is a limutschus in the Vera Balpar. The main of Vera Balpar was not the Vaidazar, and the main thing was the Znus. Since they were involved in Znus, then they took it out while they're in the middle of doing all their acts, therefore they also did a Vaidazara because they you know, once you're uh, wanted to do that particular vera, they had to come. You know, they had to do everything that came with it, basically, right? But the main thing was nus. So, if a first of all, we see that Maya was still involved in Indian of nus. But more importantly, what we're trying to show is it's a limits chus of bnei Yisrael. That why did the day do a vera? It wasn't something that they would have done naturally. They were in a place of arvas Maya. This is a place of nus, and the people there are into nus. And the people there are not only into Znus, they were trying to entice them with Znus. So this is not something that they would have done on their own and gone looking for the Inyanimus Znus. It was specifically because of the situation that they uh, found themselves in. So Mulsuf. So what's that referring to? He says, It says Mulsuf across from the Suf, the Yamsuf. That's the hint that when they got to the Yamsuf and the Egyptians are chasing them from behind, they said to Moshe bin Oy, is there not enough form in, in, in the Mitzrayim that you have to bring us here to be killed? Uh, that was one thing. And also hints to the Tame Manasim Yam. When they traveled away from Harsinai, Shinamar Biyamru al Yam Yamsuf, that they rebelled on the Yam by the Yamsuf. So that's as the Rebbe explains in Ha'ara 34, that what is the this was when they were at the Yamsuf, they, uh, the Egyptians were killed, and all of their spoils and all the gold and silver that, were, that they took, the Egyptians took with them was uh, on, on the seashore. So the B'nai, Hashem tells them, I want you to collect all of this, all of this gold and silver. Right? That's part of the mitzvah. They were supposed to clear out B'nai Mitzrayim, because that was part of the promise that Hashem gave Avram Avinu that they would clean it out. The, whatever place that they were in Golis, and they'd go up with much gold and silver. So that was part of that mitzvah. So they were busy uh, getting all the spoils. But what happened is that when Hashem wanted them to leave, they, um, they didn't leave right away. They had, they had to be forced to leave because they were too busy picking up the gold and silver. So that was the second Averis, that they didn't leave right when Hashem wanted to. So moving on to the So from these two Averis that they did the Yamsuf, we know it's very obvious what the Limitzchus is. When they were being trapped, they had the Mitzrayim, they had the Yam, they were terrified. So, you know, when the person's like terrified, he's losing his mind. It's a certain limit. And the other thing is, when they were traveling, they were busy picking up the spoils from the Yam. That's Hashem wanted them to do that. You're the one that wanted them to get the gold and silver. So that's why they got involved. If you would have said as soon as they left the Yam, keep on going, they would have kept on going. But once they're busy like hopping the gold and everyone's hopping and putting it in, you know, once they're already there, it's very hard to leave. So again, it's another Limitzchus. Then it says Bing Parin. So what's Parin? He says that's Amash also be Midbar Parin by Day Meraglim. Meraglim was sent from the Midbar of Parin. Um, so Rashi stresses the word Al Yidei. So Rashi is hinting what the vera was by adding the words as the Rebbe mentioned that all these hints will either be in the word of the Pasuk or Rashi will bring the hint of what's there. So Rashi is saying why, what's Paran? It's that they were enticed by the Miraglim, meaning the Jewish people wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael. They didn't send the Miraglim to cause issues. As it says, they wanted, they wanted, to, they wanted the Miraglim to go in to find the best way to conquer it, etc. 
but once the Merlin came back with the horror roll report, then they got enticed and they, and, and they sinned. But again, it wasn't something that was naturally theirs. Again, all these ideas is, is something like an external factor that caused them to do something wrong. Which is, it's one Indian, that they complained about the man which was white. So, he says, since it's trying to stress over here that this, that the, the man was white, meaning that it was smooth and cl- it didn't have any color, it was just pure, it was clear. Uh, similar to Rashi explains that Moshe Rabbeinu served the Hamaluyim with a chaluk lavan, with the white garments, meaning is it had no other color, it was just pure white. He says, this is saying white, uh, expressly that there, there's no color, means it shows an idea of a pshittis. It's explained in Hasidus that white is, um, white is the lack, lack of any color, but it's the etzim, it's the etzim color in a sense, meaning is that white could take within it any color. You want to put blue, you want to put uh, green, you want to put red, whatever color you want to put into white, white will be able to makabal it because white is pshittis. Meaning is on one hand, it's not any particular color. On the other hand, it incorporates all the colors within it. Okay? That's why it's also explained, loving is sometimes is similar to the idea of ruts and will. Will is not any particular color. If you want to move your arm, you can move your arm. You want to think, you can think, you want to open your eyes, you want to smell, you want to hear. Rotsen is not any particular koyach, but it's the one that has within it all the other koyachs. Rotsen incorporates the potential of all the koyachs within it, similar to white. But the problem is that white doesn't have, it's, you don't have any color on its own. Therefore, when you just see the white idea, it could talk, it taste like anything, but it itself, you weren't able to see and uh, we know there's, a, there's an important rule is that when you, presentation is everything. So since they, the presentation wasn't so amazing, therefore they didn't have the same level of pleasure. Right? So they didn't have a true pleasure in the mat, even though it tasted like everything, but they didn't have a geschmack, they didn't have a tiny gamiti. So it's a male movement. So therefore this, is, this prat is what uh, gave them a, a, a mockim to, to, to complain about the man. So even though that wasn't their complaint, their complaint wasn't that it was white and it, does, it doesn't taste so good or we can't appreciate it. They weren't complaining about the level of presentation. Their complaint was, as we said, that they're complaining about the digestive system that, uh, as we explained already earlier, that was their main complaint. Therefore, the place wasn't going to call lovin because that wasn't their issue. But by Moshe Rabbeinu calling it lavan, it's giving a certain remez, like, look, they're human beings. You're giving them a food people like to eat, and you're giving them a food that they don't have any tining for. It's and going for 40 years. They never have any pleasure, especially yidin. They love it, you know. Every yomtif, it's man, 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 man every single time. Uh, therefore, that's what caused uh, the complaint that they didn't like it. Eventually, because they didn't like it, they started coming up with other issues also. Which was the um, that it, the digestive issues. Anyways, it's a lumitzchos. Vachatzeres b'machlekoisik shel kairach. So what's chatzeres? That was the machlekas of kairach. So why does Rashi say shall lachairach have lemeimer machlekas kairach ba'adosei? Why is it only of kairach? Kairach and his old eda. Alakvanas l'rames gamazelahana. Shal machlekas ha'isa rachel kairach b'leishav ben Yisrael al shakairach pita isam k'tanis moisha ish echad yechta akala eda tikseif al shapoyah pita skula. He's trying to remember that it was only Kairach that did the Avera, because Kairach uh, was Mafata. He, he seduced all the Jewish people. He enticed them to get involved as Machlaikis. But the Yidden naturally would not have gotten involved unless Kairach was there. And that's also Pshat. We learned this at Sicha already. In Parshas Kairach, Moshe Rabbeinu says, one person sins and you're going to punish everybody. What do you mean one person sinned? Kairach sinned, we had Dasana Aviram that sinned, you have all the Ada, the 250 people. It wasn't just one person. What's Moshe Rabbeinu saying? So the Rebbe explained over there in that Sicha, what's Pshat? Because Moshe Rabbeinu was saying Kairach was, was one guy that enticed everybody um, to do the Avera. So this is also what Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to say over here. It was Shol Kairach. Rashi is trying to say Shol Kairach. Kairach enticed them. But it wasn't an Avera that um, everybody would have had uh, naturally. Vav. 
So that's the uh, pshat, beautiful pshat in, 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 in Rashi. So just to go back to the beginning before we do the lesson, is that we see from this Rashi, the Dizahav, the main question of, of the Rebbe on the, uh, the Rashi's qu- main question is, why is Rashi saying Dizahav is an idea of what they did wrong and not a place? So what we're explaining is, it's because Dizahav cannot mean as we said, Dizahov cannot mean uh, a place because it's just a prat. You know, if, if the Avera was too... If, if it's either being madgish the chaymer hachet, or it could be trying to stress the limut schus of the Jewish people. So therefore, you can't call a place by just a prat. Rather, what's Dizahov mean? Dizahov, um, Dizahov is an idea, and it's expressing the chaymer hachet, but at the same time, the word dizahav is also trying to be a limit tzchus. And just like dizahav is being a limit tzchus, Lashi learns, because again, the extra word di, it's also, a, a, it uh, gives us an insight into the, all the other uh, um, words mentioned in the Pasek, that they also, also, they also in, contain within them a limit tzchus. Vav. Hinei parshas dvarim karem la'ilam b'sham shlokhnei tishvav, b'sham tishvav atzmai. Uh, he says, Parshas Devarim is always written Shabbos, read the Shabbos before Tishbav or on Tishbav itself when Tishbav falls on the Shabbos. And this is connected to this idea that we've been mentioning. So our part, Bena Masarm is the, is the time that's being Machiach Bena Yisrael. Meaning is, the base of Migdash was destroyed because of our sins and therefore we need to do tshuva, especially with the Indian of Abbas Yisrael. But just like in the beginning of our week's parasha, where it says that when Moshe Rebbeinu is giving them Teichacha, it's also hinting to Alim because of the cover of the Bnei Yisrael. So also the Bnei HaMasarim, when it's a time of Teichacha, but within the Bnei HaMasarim, there's also a hint to the Alim uh, of the Bnei Yisrael. Because the ultimate purpose of the Teichacha and the Yerida is not, God forbid, to embarrass the Yidin or to punish them. Rather, the ultimate purpose is for the Aliyah, to, to, bring, to, to raise the Jewish people up. To be megadol the kveid in shal yisrael, so therefore, even during the time of galus, or even at the time of a teichacha, even then it's nicker the 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 kveid. So basically, the idea being is that galus, the purpose of galus is to give the yidden ultimately an union of kveid that we will rise to a higher level. So therefore, even in the way the teichacha, since the whole purpose of the teichacha is for the union of kveid, therefore, even in the teichacha itself. It's hint in the Indian of Kavit. It shows the uh, mile of the Eden. Um, one of the idea that stresses the Kavit Yisrael even during Galas is what it says at the beginning of Megillus Eicha, how the Eicha Yashvada, how she lives, some of the city of Yushalayim, the people of Yushalayim, how she lives alone. Um, so on one hand, it's uh, how she's alone and everybody scorns Yushalayim and nobody, everyone uh, is disgusted by the Yushalayim. And as the Rebbe is stressing what we hear more, the idea is disgusted by the people who once lived in Yushalayim, the Anshe Yushalayim. But there's also Amida Taiva. He says this idea of Yashabadad is also Amida Taiva, as we see by Bilam. He says that Bilam wanted... Um, Bilam, uh, one of the things that Bilam said uh, by his Navua uh, as, as a Maila of the Jewish people is that they are Am Levadad Yishkain, that they are a nation that lives on their own and they don't get mixed with the other, uh, other nations, which means is that they, there's no intermarriage, that they're careful with the idea of staying, staying Yidin and staying uh, faithful to Hashem. As the Chazal say, just like oil is not mixed with does not mix with anything else. Similarly, the Jewish people also do not mix with all the other nations. Rather, we always stay distinct and um, connected to Hashem. That's the reason why Yermia compares the Jewish people to Azayas. Why, why are they compared to Azayas? It's because we, that's why the Jewish people are compared to the Azayas, because we have this idea that we always stay separate. So, 
So with this mylov, that we're not mixing with the goyim, even while we're in Golas, we stay separate. We will be zeicha, uh, that will be megala, the covenant of the Yidin, in the base of base Migdash Ashlishi, which is also Nirmaz in this Pasuk of Eicha Yashu that should be built very, very quickly.